I was listening to the I was listening to uh um the talk show with Gruber and uh last night and after after I dropped off that mic with E. Davis and and he started talking about fracture and I just started cracking up. <laughs> fracture. Fracture. Now now they're gonna they, they, they hand they, they hand make this. I know I know I know what you're thinking, but but they don't, I don't know they print it on on the glass. They print it directly on the glass. I, I don't I don't even know how they do it. They, it's not like they print it on paper and put on the glass, they print it on the glass. Fracture. Now 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 listen now listen carefully. August 28th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Yannick. And I'm Davis. And this is Pixels Weekly? <laughs> this is Pixels Weekly. It's still happening. Uh, Only male I thought, voices. <laughs> thought I would... Uh... I didn't know in what order to go. I didn't know in what order to go. I was like, Davis first? Or like, should we keep the order? Yeah, I was well, I mean, you bit. know, it's tenure. Now it's going to be tenure, right? <laughs> The, the order that's what i would have expected um right? okay hi everybody hello how's hey. it going um, so for for listeners live from florida uh, sandy one of our, our our typical co-hosts she is having some sort of romantic uh, weekend with her uh fiance Ooh-la. you say you should say it in french uh yannick do, is there like some beautiful phrase that we could use that a weekend romantic with his oh fiance. Oh, it just sounds romantic. It just, it just sounds so <laughs> romantic. No, oh, I just, man. I just tripped. I just, I just ruined it all over. A weekend romantic with his oh. fiance. There we go. You don't even need no, to say I the know. right thing, though. It's, it's the just language the accent. of love. And you're it's done. truly the language of love, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> hi, everyone. Well. So, uh, subbing in for for Sandy this week. Very gracious of you, Davis Barber. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being me. on the show, man. And and people probably have heard of uh, Davis only because last week I was literally talking about him and I streaming Diablo three together. Um, yeah, I think you've so, dropped my name a couple times. Yeah, you're you're now on the show, and people can put a put a voice to the name, not necessarily a face. That's the nice part about radio. I can keep my no. face hidden here. <laughs> people don't have to look yeah, at. Yeah, well, I, isn't isn't the saying that I've got a, yes. I've got a face for radio? That's, what, that's how that I works. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as uh, previous episodes have have informed your listeners that Yannick is the sexy one. So Yannick is the sexy. Uh, one. If if there's any face oh. that we're going to uh, well, display to users, it's going to be Yannick. R- Ryan is all over me when when my you know when the room is steamy <laughs> and I don't have any shirt on. <laughs> He loses. Well, I'm saying he loses in, in his those mind. moments. I wish we were a video podcast yeah. because we could really get some ratings here with the steam and the shirtlessness and stuff. And I look like <laughs> I'm in a bathhouse when I'm shirtless. We could do the live stream. Um, okay, <laughs> we could do the live stream. Yeah, that's though. right. Uh, maybe we should live stream this show one day. Um, okay, so uh, we always start our show with what is in the news, what we're playing, what's on our minds, and it's called the hodgepodge. What's everybody's hodgepodge this week? Ms. Davis, do you have a hodgepodge? Yeah, I got. I definitely have a hodgepodge. Um, so uh, I would imagine that like your hardcore veteran gaming listeners are going to frown upon this, but two weeks ago, with a massive amount of guidance and help from you, Mr. Quintal, I built my first oh, PC ever. Wow, 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 wow. So, uh, oh yeah. 
I'm like really, really excited about that and have spent a lot of time uh, getting that all set up and getting all the different games that I would like to start playing on it downloaded. Um, primarily, that's mostly a lot of Blizzard games. So I've been spending a lot of time getting back into WoW uh, and Diablo and uh, now most recently have sort of like uh, dabbled with Heroes as uh, the MOBAs uh, are sort of like becoming more and more interesting to me, both from like consuming Twitch uh, casts of MOBAs, whether it's like the professional stuff or just regular streamers, but that's just like a dynamic of PvP that I haven't experienced before, so I've been really enjoying jumping into Heroes. Um, obviously a whole lot of Overwatch, uh, but that's actually on the PS4, so I, I picked up a lot of Overwatch before I built this PC. So Wow, Heroes, Overwatch, and uh, MOBAs, you are doing so far a great job subbing in for Sandy. Exactly right. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Although my knowledge of esports doesn't even come close to hers. So um, a lot of Overwatch. And then uh, maybe, you know, maybe we can chat a little bit more about it later in the show. But I picked up RimWorld last Rim night. RimWorld. So, oh, yes. uh, yeah. So, so uh, Chris from over at the, the Idle Thumbs podcast has been talking about RimWorld a whole lot. And it's still in early access. Um, but uh, yeah, again, I, I can maybe dive into it a little deeper. But it's a, uh, a God mode. Um, uh, civilization sort of uh, survival game uh, where you control like colonies and there's an AI that tells a story for you and as the game progresses the people in your colony sort of their stories evolve and uh, you can co- sort of control what they're doing the different work that they put on but yeah it's really great so far I'm only like a couple hours into it but I really enjoyed it RimWorld is it a mix of I've never heard about this game before is it is it a mix between like a a, a rust or a I don't know, a H1Z1 survival and then an Age of Empires where you control like a village and exactly. like civilization pretty much. Okay. Yeah, so the graphics are even very like Age of Empires-esque. It's like very like old school graphics, but very top-down God mode. Um, but the the cool catch to the whole thing is that the entire story of like your colony and all of your characters is like procedurally generated by an AI storyteller. And like before the game starts, you can sort of choose what sort of genre of storyteller you would like. Um, and depending on that, the story will like evolve in different directions. You know what's really interesting uh, is to see things like RimWorld have these, I'm looking at some screenshots now, and having, yeah, these kind of old-fashioned graphics or, or what have you, but yeah. kind of modern systems allow, you know, for different gameplay mechanics or very heavy simulation or very, you know, many, many things happening at the same time. It's almost like saying that, like, you know what, video exactly. games didn't have it too far off with these pixelated graphics originally. No, for sure. Well, it's like the most refined version of those graphics that you could possibly have because they're on engines that are the same engines that are used to build the like triple gate games that we play. Um, So while they're like pixel graphics, as you would like refer to them as, I guess, like they're they're still really beautiful and have like a really nice aesthetic to them. The music is also fantastic. It's like kind of this like old Western music. They said, I think I read somewhere that the game was inspired a lot by Firefly. Oh, man. And so like when I read that, I was sort of immediately like, all right, this is You're like saying all good. the right buzzwords. I know. Right. So like mm-hmm. Idle Thumbs guys are like super hyped about it. Inspired by Firefly. It's getting like nines all over the place. So I definitely was interested in picking it up. Well, look at Davis. Five minutes into the show, it makes me want to play a new game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Seriously, I, so it's like it's like thirty bucks in early access, and this is actually my first like early access experience. So, given that this is my first PC build, I haven't done a whole lot of Steam stuff. We could do a whole show about this, but I'm a little scared of giving an early access game thirty dollars. I don't know why. I, it it does feel like a lot, but from what I understand, like that's it, right? I've paid my thirty bucks I, for the game. I also don't have a good beat on, and I don't know if this is just a Ryan thing or if this is a a like fact of the matter that like no one's talking about, which is like. 
I'm I'm what am I playing? And like when does the game become the full game? You know, it's very kind of confusing to me of like if I, if I play RimWorld for 30 hours and enjoy it, but it's in early access and and I'm kind of like done with it at that point, like when the game releases, do I need to do anything about it or whatever? Um and yeah, well, it's not only like I mean, when yeah. is it the real game, but it's also during early access. Like, what is not the real game? Yeah, right. Like when I come across uh, what would seemingly be a bug or a usability issue or something that I like don't enjoy about the game, am I to assume that that's because it's early access, or is that just part of the game? And there's no way to necessarily uh, know exactly uh, what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm. I'm. I'm with you there. And uh, so far, so you, I'm, 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 I was like you, Davis, uh, being a, a console guy for, I mean, almost ever. Or last time I had a PC was probably a good ten years ago, a good decade, decade. Uh, I mean, at least for gaming. Um, do you like? Are you enjoying it? Do you find a difference? Do you like? Is there anything in particular that you mention being different? Yeah. Yeah, so actually, I think experiences with RimWorld, where like you start up RimWorld, and at the menu screen, there is a hyperlink that jumps you out to your PC's browser and shows you this like very um, like yeah, well, so like you can it shows you like the lore in the background of the universe, and it's just like a really basic HTML page where you can read about like sort of the rules <laughs> of the universe, right? Because I guess when you're building some sort of like sci-fi universe, you have to like describe a set of rules mm. that come with it. And by no means is it meant to be like in order to play the game, you need to read this. But it's like, here's some extra information about the game that you might be interested in. And that felt like something that a PC mm-hmm. lends itself to very well because they can kick me out to like my browser and I'm not looking at like whatever silly PS4 browser they're kicking me out to. And like it's much easier to display uh, a hyperlink to somebody. Um, and at the same time, like I think like Steam itself, while I think that interface leaves a lot to be desired, um, there's definitely a larger access to information about games and there seems to me at least compared to like the PS uh PlayStation store to be like a much larger variety of games. And so in that sense the PC has felt more open to me so far. Um and then not to mention like being able to like literally dial in every single graphics option that that I want and change specific sound options but specific to that game um has has been something that i experienced in the pc but i don't get to experience in the ps4 but at the same time that's also a little like nerve-wracking right because i don't necessarily know yet whether i'm setting the right graphics options because i don't have a whole lot of experience with this yet so like you said it and with the except you know like you can look at the game and decide for yourself what it looks like and then in certain games you can look at what the frame rate looks like but besides those two pieces of feedback you don't necessarily know if what you're setting is correct so in the ps4 you get like a little bit of that comfort of like well i can't customize any of this but i can just assume that the ps4 is doing it for me and it's doing it properly you know it's funny that you said that because um i i have to tip my hat to while the overall interface i think sometimes leaves things to be desired the graphics options in overwatch are totally totally solid in that the graphics are just like hey do you want a good better best and all the like resolution stuff is all tucked under like an advanced menu um and i think that that's kind of like especially as we look towards you know the next year two three ten of consoles and the way consoles are changing seemingly that yeah yeah you're gonna need what can run on xbox one xbox scorpio you know like a good better toggle 
Um, that probably even happens automatically in the hardware of these like new revs of consoles rather than um, having a user selected from a drop down. And I think PCs could could learn a thing or two, but it's just there's so many variables that they can't count on. Like, well, maybe anti-aliasing breaks your particular graphics card for some reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I think that that's something that you see across all the Blizzard games is that sort of like quality dial. Like sometimes it's literally just like like light, hard, ultra high or whatever, low, high, ultra. And sometimes it's like a zero to 10 scale. I think wow does a zero to 10 scale. But even once you do that, you still have like other options that aren't a part of that dial and so like they still can't group all of it into this like simple drop down you still have to like decide whether you want vertical sync or what kind of anti-aliasing you want we were experiencing this the other night when we were playing wow where like i don't know what the different types of anti-aliasing are and i go and i look at that drop down there's like seven <laughs> different options and that's like a pretty like overwhelming decision for somebody who's like just jumping that into also PC was gaming. confusing to me because every time i see anti-aliasing it's only ever been a checkbox <laughs> like do you want it yeah and i'm like uh yeah um, my hodgepodge for the week is uh, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. I Now, I have never played a Deus Ex game before. Have Have either of you guys played Deus Ex? No, nope. I have not. Never. Let me tell you something, because I know some people love this this franchise. <laughs> I I don't like when I don't like when Ryan starts like this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Get ready for a Jigglypuffin <laughs> hodgepodge. Um, this Jigglypuffin game. No, I. So I <laughs> I have never played a, a Deus Ex game before, and first off, I'm introduced to uh, this world that seemingly is very, it's very cyberpunk, and for people that didn't know what cyberpunk was, or don't know, I didn't really know what cyberpunk was, it just means like robots and people living together, and everyone is like, cool, floppy disk technology's great. Um, that's cyberpunk, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and you play as a character named Adam Jensen. And Adam Jensen has, I'm sorry, the worst voice acting I have ever heard for a main character. Oh, man, that just kills he ta- it. He talks like this. I think, I think that's like one of the most frustrating aspects of like a single player RPG like that is when the voice you just can't get beyond it because you're going to have to listen to that right. for like the entire game. I honestly felt yeah. that way about Witcher 3. Like like Geralt's voice to me is just unbearable. <laughs> yeah, and so the fact that I have to listen to that like throughout like how many hours okay. is that game? Geralt always is kind of one note down here. Siri. And that, a hundred hours? Exactly. Oh yeah, Ryan has a good impression yeah. of him. <laughs> it's a fantastic impression. It's <laughs> making then, me cringe. But uh, this is a, I'm telling you, this is a pitch perfect Adam Jensen impression. He talks like this. Hey guys. <laughs> he almost, you know, he almost sounds like, uh, <laughs> exactly, you're doing it perfect. He's like, we have to get the, the augments back hey, to the You want to go to the mall and get some right. donuts? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just as like stereotypical like lead male right. voice actor as you can possibly get just like like no character to it i would so it much rather have something be like higher pitched or less archetypal uh archetypical i'm not sure what the word is there but i think archetypal is the word there yeah in service of making the character interesting but i i think they've been using the same voice actor since the beginning of the deus ex series because when i went back and saw some of the you know videos of course it this voice sounds good when it's like playstation polygons you know like playstation one but then suddenly you give this guy a spiky haircut and a, a pointy beard, which is very odd. But anyway, all right, I'm getting I'm getting down the yeah, rabbit the hole is of uh, of this character. 
However, that's like an interesting concept of like, does the quality of graphics lend itself to your ability to have like a more dynamic? I think it voice does because like there's a there's a certain amount that you guys probably agree with this. There's a certain amount of PlayStation One or like the early era Polygon stuff where it's cheesy and you kind of forgive it, right? You can kind of you can yeah. even forgive some like Super Nintendo or like the old arcade voice acting Ridge Racer. Like <laughs> you can go, yeah, but that was of its time. Now you can you can legitimately act really as a character in a video game. Well, it's more like if you hear some like really gritty voice, you want to see like really gritty graphics to go along with it. You want to see like graphics that match the character that you're listening to. And and with the older games, you don't have those graphics, so maybe you're just not like like listening for right. it that much or you don't care as much what what the no, voice totally. sounds like totally totally um so then i start playing the game and thankfully and redeemingly so the game seems to be really good like it drops me off uh there the the beginning mission is pretty good pretty challenging it has a bit of a difficulty spike towards the end if you're trying to play it um non-lethally and stealthily uh, like I am and I always appreciate a game that it seems is totally viable to run in and kill everybody and it's also totally viable to um, try to be stealthy because I feel like even Splinter Cell which was my favorite stealth series and to this day I think Chaos Theory on Xbox was, is one of my favorite stealth games um, is kind of in this position of like forcing you to oh, every once in a while you got to kill someone. Uh, the new Metal Gear, kind of a stealth game, but you got to kill a bunch of people. And in Deus Ex, it seems, at least so far, and I'm only probably about 10 hours in, um, it seems like I can do the whole game without killing anybody, ever. I can totally sneak through grates, oh. and I can totally develop powers that are for stunning or, or non-lethal takedowns that are all very useful. Yeah, not having had any experience with the the previous Deus Ex, but what I had heard was that in, in the second one or the previous one, you were also able to do like most of the game very stealthily. But because there were boss fights, whenever you got to the boss fight, it was actually pretty difficult to take the boss down, if unless you were like you know running and gunning and and killing them. And with the most recent one, it sounds like they've gotten rid of a lot of that aspect with the boss fights. So if you're trying to play the game stealthily, you can actually make it through oh. the entire game with stealth and not have to actually drop bodies. And and so it sounds like that might be like what you're running into. Yeah, also the first mission was kind of a scenario where they drop you in and they don't they don't tell you how to do it. You know, this talk about a game that like in a it, almost a dark soulsian lack of hand holding of just like well, it's it's there's a doesn't, guy doesn't hold your hand. Yeah, it does not doesn't hold, hold your, your hand. hand. Um there's zero hand holding in those souls games. <laughs> and so they just yeah. kind of tell you, "Hey, your doctor's mm. uh, in this place." And then you go to walk to the place and a guy's just like, you can't pass through here. And then you go around and this guy's like, ah, you can't get through here. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, how, how I probably spent an hour just trying to figure out the first, how to get to the first mission. Um, but it, it was just because Mm -hmm. of, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have my eyes open and see what kind of game this was and what my possibilities were. Like, you make certain assumptions, I think, about a game, especially a stealth game of like, oh, well, do I knock someone out or do I, you know, and it it wasn't any of that. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But if you play it, just like keep your eyes open. 
because the answers are all there for you. <laughs> so my question when it comes to like stealth games, though, is do you have different options in terms of how you do like a stealth takedown? Like nothing's worse to me when then it's just like repetitive, like walk up and strangle them, then walk up to the next guy and strangle him and then walk up to the next guy and strangle him. Like, do you have different ways of like bringing them down? Yeah. So in, at the beginning of the game, they have you select. Um, do you want sort of an assault rifle or do you want a stun rifle? And the stun rifle is like a trank uh, rifle. And so you can tranquilize people. Um, you can also, yeah, walk up and knock them out. You can also walk up and kill them. So if you want a stealth kill, you can be lethal but still stealth. Um, there's also um, like certain, I don't want to call them super moves, but like abilities that like uh, cast smoke and like there's smoke grenades and then there's like flashbangs and all sorts of like stunning type of things that will kind of get the job done there's even like straight up um a uh cloaking mode that you can be kind of become invisible and get around things for it um it's not the type of game i expected it to be in fact i think it's much better than i expected it to be (laughs) um but it's good. It's really good. How do you feel about the story? I think that that's where it's gotten a lot of uh, negative feedback from from the community is generally they feel like the story is a little bit lackluster. Yeah, I don't... Man, a game like this that is kind of a little bit longer and telling a bunch of story stuff, I, I rarely... And we could do a whole show about this, but I rarely remember the story in games like this. Even kind of as I play, I'm just sort of absorbing it all as like flavor text. Um, But the flavor text is very good. I just don't like inherently stories like this in video games don't make any sense. Really? I don't feel like they've ever like figured out a way without like an Uncharted or Last of Us very linear point A to point B to make like a story feels super, super tight and good um, in a game like Deus Ex. Yeah, well, it's funny because when we were talking about like the, my, uh, what I don't like about stealth games where it's very repetitive is I was thinking of Last of Us. I feel like with The Last of Us, with the stealth aspects of that game, it's like you just walk up behind a dude and press square and it's like repetitive in that regard. And in that game, I got so frustrated with the stealth aspect of it that I just ended up running and gunning the rest of it. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's good that, that both of those kind of work in that game. Yeah, for sure. But it's like, I wonder if, like, you know, by having such a fantastic story, which that game has, is like, I wonder if you're, like, then sacrificing some of the gameplay mechanics. Yeah, maybe. I think uh, that could be the case, right? I mean... It's always a fair trade, right? Yeah. It's always a fair trade. And it's clear about what a studio prioritizes when they make something like that. All right. I've spent too much time on my hodgepodge. Let's talk about what we're here to talk (laughs) about. Mr. Yannick. Well, I mean, at least I will keep it passionate because we've been very passionate about about the computers and games this morning and this yeah. morning yeah this morning or afternoon depending on where you are um i am recording uh live from florida tampa bay and you might ask why like why would i just bother leaving new york city why wait anyone like, another go to very, tampa bay very well the buccaneers are stuck <laughs> no down. i mean I got to say, it's like, <laughs> it's a really cute city. It's a really cute city. I'm actually planning to explore more after we record. Uh, I just have a few a few more hours over you there. You might be the only human being to ever call Tampa Bay cute. No, it is. You know, I've been talking to, like, Captain. I haven't been in, in, like, a lot of places so far. But just in, in, in like, the bars area last night, it was, it was cute. I mean, and it, it is humid. But um, 
I just didn't go to Tampa to go to Tampa. We had um, a very anticipated uh, Destiny community event that happened uh, yesterday, Saturday, the 27th. And oh boy, I mean, I'm waking up from it right now, and it's it's been it's been an incredible an incredible thing. Um, so I brought my uh, brand new Pixels Weekly yes. T-shirt uh, that you might <laughs> see on, on on pictures. I might I I, I want to create a gallery of all the people that I've took taken like selfies and pictures with. Because, yeah, we have to get that on the site. Uh, man, oh boy, I mean, I I you know me, I like I like I like out there like being social and everything but i wasn't expecting uh like people being so so reachable so to give a little bit of background uh this um community event has been created and organized by the community uh when i say when we say destiny con um none like neither bungie or activision got involved into the organization of this event i was about to say don't don't sell it short this isn't just the Destiny community event, it's the Destiny community con, right? Like, I, as far as I understand, it's been referred to as yeah, like Destiny con, with like the, the little like asterisk that it's a community convention. Yeah, like community convention, Destiny con, and and um, there was like laser tag, there was a, a gaming booth, oh, that's there cool. was uh, <laughs> a few booths like for, 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 for growing streamers, um, Control Freaks uh, also had a booth, they had like a, a full partnership with Discord. I mean, they, they worked on it for a good six, seven months, and I have to give, I have to get credit to uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin X Vision, Professor Broman, and Gothalian that are you know the I, I don't want to call them community leaders because like there's there are no leaders into this thing honestly, um, but they they they're the main heads when it come when he came to organize they they live in the area so uh, they were the, the the ones really working hard for this and uh, and I have to give I have to give everybody that I talk to like our mention is mentioning a a successful it was a successful day for everyone the kids with their parents and then like growing streamers and then legit streamers and YouTube content creators uh, were were over there and um, I don't even know where to start but I have so many people I want to mention um, that I got to talk to that I got just to share a few words with um, the, the, the meet and greets were really, really well organized. Um, I was able to talk pretty much to all the, call them, you know, the Destiny personalities, the people that were mentioned that would be here, the people that players watch on stream that you can play with and you, you know, you almost feel starstruck when you see them. But then over the course of the day, you're like, man, I mean, you know, we're just all in the same thing. And um, yeah, with my Pixels Weekly podcast t-shirt, I try to also talk to many, many Destiny podcasts out there. <laughs> Some of them that I listen to religiously. Uh, some of them that I, you know, probably never heard of before, but it's definitely, you know, I'm going to check them out, out right after this, this weekend for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I started, so I had an exotic, um, access, a VIP, they call it exotic cause it was a yellow shirt. <laughs> and, um, so I had v, VIP access. So like it was nothing really special. I, I was able to go an hour, enter the, the, the area at nine where the, the, the main, um, the opening time was 10. So I was literally hanging out in an empty like warehouse and everything was getting set up, getting ready. And then, um, and then the content creators were already here. I mean, I'm mentioning Mr. Fruit and Rabbi V. Uh, those guys, you know, crap me up on, on YouTube. If you guys don't know them, they, they don't just do Destiny videos. Here, if you don't know these people's name, Mr. Fruit, Mr. Broman or Professor Broman. I know. Broman. Well, you're going to have more <laughs> names. I, yeah. Also, also the only time anyone's ever been excited to be in an empty warehouse <laughs> in Tampa. Normally scary. Yeah. 
It was, it was well, you know, full of other yellow shirts like me. But it was like, you know, compared to a community, you know, a convention that peaked at three. Like, I think they sold all the all the tickets that were left. So it was like, I think average. I mean, I want to estimate, but I, I don't think I'm wrong. Uh, Four thousand people um, at the peak wow. of the yeah, day. You, and then you're just a hundreds with you. Uh, um, you on Facebook, you you put a picture up and you had the hashtag for the conferences out and clicking on it. And like the first post yeah. I saw was someone taking a selfie of like them and their husband in their car being like, drive into Destiny Con. We can't wait to get there. And then there was an edit oh, on yeah. the post that was like, got there and it was sold out. We couldn't get in. Oh, well, next year. Crazy. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that was that, so that was the only that was the only thing that got you know I it, we have to mention it but it was the only thing that even Kevin and everyone was was uh, kind of like disappointed about for for months they've been organizing this thing and for months they've been asking people to you know pre like pre purchase the tickets right um, my t shirt my VIP t shirt was my ticket but some people the other people they needed to buy something and some people assumed that having other t-shirts they were selling t-shirts of other colors for the event uh would grant them access so there was a little bit of a confusion here and then a a, a huge line was forming outside the building at 10 a.m when uh, uh they were selling tickets and they they had to turn people away like people that drove four hours i mean that was the only thing when you hear it from the inside you know like oh there are people that can't get in i'm like you know like you can work hard as much as you can you can communicate as much as you can um there's always going to be some some flaws like that some little bumps in the way and like if 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 that's the only thing the only negative thing is that next year really have a ticket in hand that would be a good thing instead of like having t-shirts grant you access but other t-shirts don't um but anyway um i want to talk about what i like who i met and uh and what i've done over there well i think well before before you get in that i think there's like a really interesting thing that you kind of like hit on there right so this is a, a community convention right as opposed to bungie putting on this convention themselves yes. and so like maybe one yeah. like i think and i think that's a really awesome aspect of it i think it's a, probably like an interesting dynamic for a convention to be put on by a community as opposed totally. to a developer and i think like maybe one of the trade-offs there mm-hmm. is that you run into some of these hiccups with like organizational things such as like selling tickets and like informing yeah. people of like how they can get tickets or how they can get in and like i think mm-hmm. that hopefully and i haven't really like heard of a whole lot of like community cons like this so hopefully like something like this causes other communities of other games to do similar things and like maybe that's just going to be a trade-off of this genre of convention is like you're going to have some organizational issues because it's not being put on by the big publisher or developer oh yeah for sure and then you know they announced uh they're going to rebrand in uh guardian con uh, 2017 because they don't want to put the name of the game into <laughs> the, the 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 event uh name so that Nobody gets confused if it's organized by or organized or made or like affiliated to Bungie or Activision. So they really just wanted to make it about the Guardians, and so they call it Guardian Con next year. And I'm sure they're gonna get experience from it. I mean, it's not their you know, it's not their job. I mean, even streaming is a new job for them. Uh, that the whole thing was kind of overwhelming for everybody. Um, but 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 yeah, uh, I even got. So so I got to meet like a lot of other podcasts and um a lot of content creators and like I said in the morning you go and hang out with like I got to talk to already like seven or eight people that I watch not on a daily basis but I watch like a lot either on YouTube or on streams and get to see them like talk to them and I'm going to sound silly but you like you never really they're normal people but it's like you when you see them like from the other side of the screen you like you don't realize and then so you get to congratulate yeah. them from for for the content they create you know they entertain me they're ent- my main entertainment outside of myself playing I don't watch much TV yeah. except for like soccer and sport sometimes but you know 
it means well, to you, a lot. They're a and, celebrity. Uh, like, and I think there's definitely some value in that. Yeah. Like, just because they might not be totally mainstream yeah. and a household name, like the fact of the matter is, you spend a lot of time watching them, and, and to you, they're a celebrity. And so, you, it's the same thing as if you're meeting an athlete. If you're like a huge sports fan, yeah. That's and cool. there's an aspect to it mm-hmm. that is, it's an it's an interesting relationship, right? Because suddenly you. This happens with TV shows and stuff, too, where, like, you kind of feel like you know these people. It definitely is more so in the podcast yeah. realm, I feel like, because people are, it's not yeah. super produced or, like, super, like, written out stuff. And a lot of times it's conversation. And how do you express to someone, like, dude, I have spent 200 hours with you, but I know that I'm a stranger to you, you know, if that makes any sense? Yeah. Well, I, th- mm-hmm. I think yesterday you used the phrase voyeuristic. There's a little like a bit of like a voyeuristic interesting aspect to being a podcast listener where you like want to know more about like the personal lives of these people that you watch or listen to. And like getting to meet them in person is sort of like a little bit of a window into that. It's true. Yeah. And yeah. And, and also there's that aspect of like the face reveal for some of them that I had. I was like never seen them. I've only heard them listened. And then uh, see their real faces being like, oh, okay, so that's how you look when you sound like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love that. I think that's like such an interesting thing. I think uh, yeah. I, I recently started to listen to a lot of different uh, video game podcasts and I've loved like going online and trying to Google for their names and seeing what they look like. Yeah. Like I like to spend a few episodes with them first and like sort of get an image in my mind of what they probably look like. But then there's this really like incredible moment where you like go and Google search them and they, they look totally different than what you had in your head. And it's just like mind blowing. Yeah. No, it's it's. And then, and then, so, so to continue tr- throughout my day, I had the, the so I had the pleasure to talk to a lot of them in the morning. And then throughout the day, we had they had like a few panels, um, and I really, I was really intrigued by those, and it was really interesting. I got to talk um, for some of you that are new to the show. I, I work in tech. I'm, you know, we're like in the tech world. We're like engineers and and, and developers and everything. Um, and uh, so the the first panel was really interesting. It was the app development panel. So just like a lot of people that make apps uh, outside the game, whether it's like a, an item manager or it's a, a website that gathers videos and you know content creations um, uh, around the the, the the destiny realm, the destiny universe. Um, uh, what were some I, of the I, app creators that were there? Uh, so there was like for people that I know, there was the the people from uh, Destiny Tracker, which is the main you know yeah. data data mining uh, you know data tracking of your PVE PVE PVP and PVE stats. Uh, one guy was there. Um, the Destiny Item Manager, um, which is a Chrome inst- extension to um, manage your items. Uh, loadouts, which is the same thing but on an iOS app. Um, a Gordon Theater. What about the Ishtar guy? Was he there? The Ishtar guy, the Ishtar commander. Yeah, is another app. Uh, he wasn't here. Um, but uh, yeah, a few people from from the Destiny Item Manager. I got to talk to, and we we got to talking about you know, you know, how can I contribute eventually? You like help like see what are the the see what are the the, the the difficult parts? How much time they spent? So the the whole audience had had a chance to to get to know them better, get to know what they do and get to realize, you know, like you guys probably boot the game. Now you boot those things as well. Cause they're like lifesavers or really like help, you know, help you there. And uh, Bungie is really, it's interesting to hear from their perspective because they're, uh, you know, they're the ones on the forums. They're the one reaching out to Bungie, try to make this thing better. And it looks like Bungie is really going towards them, not against them. They're not trying to do their own thing. They try to work with them and they work on their API. They make stuff, they make them, you know, they improve stuff, uh, 
um, for them to use in a, in, a, in, a, in a better way, in a more robust way, um, which is, which, you know, which was mind blowing. I mean, and, and people really got to realize, see who are those people that you don't necessarily play with, but they're part of your game still. Do you think Bungie will like sort of like take feedback from all these apps that people love that are developed by the community? And do you think there's any chance of any of them making their way into the game itself? Like, I think there's a lot of community apps that don't make sense to be in the game, like resource tracking, for instance. Like, I don't necessarily know that the game should be telling me where to find all the resources in the map, but like item management, that is something that I find to be really frustrating in that game. And that Ishtar Commander is like absolutely brilliant. And I like sort of like look back towards Bungie with that. I'm like, why, why, why are you not doing this? Or is it just that they haven't gotten to it yet? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult. I mean, there's other stuff that you know you can't. They they, they probably can't really relieve uh, if they work closely with Bungie. Uh, but it is it is it is an intention of Bungie to work with them. Uh, and I don't know if it means supporting what they do or kind of like getting inspired from them and 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 build the things in game that. Uh, will will be used um i wanted to mention something that i forgot um uh, about this but i'll come back to it later and throughout the day other panels from youtubers and twitch streamers and uh also pot there was a podcast panel um um for for all you know talk about what they do talk about talk about their jobs and yeah the thing that was really interesting and it goes and that goes with the whole community um all those app development like people those like contributors most of them do it on their part-time some a few of them doing it like almost full-time um they uh they collaborate you know they don't they don't even like if you're two item managers are competing against each other they they help each other you know they they really they really communicate they have a, a slack channel they get to hang out in there and then you know solve problems together i mean it's it was it was really mind-blowing to see that um and then the other panels were really great the podcast panel i've obviously paid attention um you know they just give advice to people that want to start that and they they tell their stories tell how they started yeah um it was really about them you know not much about the game we didn't talk much about the game maybe at the end they asked like the main dudes the gathalian like the main guys like okay so what are you most looking forward to and then like just to wrap it up you know talk about the new game that's coming out rise of rivalry but it wasn't that much talk about the game it was talk about the people and um and yeah so i don't want to take too long but i still want to mention I don't know Bones and 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 uh, uh, his name is Bones and Birds from Crucible Radio. Uh, those guys are amazing. I met some great people. Lady Desiree, who um, once was featured for a uh, theme song, like doing a you know piano cover of a of a theme song of Destiny. With hope for the future. Some hope for the future. Almost well, I was, I was going to ask you um, if there were any like celebrities there. So first and foremost, did any of the voice actors from that game show up? I think that would have oh, been a really cool. exciting thing to have. Like, so yeah, if, like Nathan Fillion so, just popped around the corner. Oh yeah, I mean they were asking him, but like we had a we had a surprising um, show up. So Cosmo, the community, uh, one of the community um, uh, reps of Bungie, um, announced the day before that he would come. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, so Cosmo was That's here, you know, cool. and then and then uh, so that was that was kind of weird announced. having like official bunchy people going to the Destiny Community Con. That like like did the company send them? Did they go as people? It's yeah, I mean, so they 
they uh, yeah I don't I mean it's he's the community guy you know he's the community guy he wanted to just you know be part of this I feel like he it, it was legit for him to like go and hang out and he's a guy that got hired but before that he was one of the maintainers of the Reddit of uh, of Destiny you know so he is very close to a lot of people um, he doesn't know everybody but there. you know mm. but um, Luke Smith was here the creative director of Destiny was here he he made an appearance. Uh, I accidentally tweeted him and uh, tweeted a picture of him being like, "Yo, spotted!" And they were like, "Can you take that down, please? Because it's the beginning of the day. Like, let's let you know, let's talk about it when the day is over." Because, you know, he wanted to go under the radar somehow um, in the, in the world where everybody tweets Wait, so they asked you to pictures. take down. They asked you to take yeah, down the tweet. Yeah, no, but it, it was it was a, it was it was I did it. it was, I didn't ask questions, but it was a confusion. It was like, oh, you could have put, you could have kept it on, but it was just like people being like, mm, he wanted to keep it under the radar in, at least in the morning. And I got to talk to him later in the afternoon. Super cool man. I mean, you know, I wanted to just congratulate him. Everybody was like, so so what's the next thing in Destiny? I mean, I'm sure people were like, right. he was like most of his answers was like, I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. But he was still very approachable, very reach like he was hanging out amongst like people in the crowd and and get to talk take pictures he was very available um and he's been at bungie for quite a while he used to be the community rep for halo and now he's like you know the creative director on on the on the games we play so i was just like congrats man i you know you you get shit on like you get <laughs> you get talked on um, a, a lot but you know it's not always easy to to do the thing and um and, and you doing you're doing an okay job You said that they didn't really talk about the game that much. I think that, like in like the game to come, like Rise of Iron, and I think that makes sense, right? That might be another one of those like trade-offs of it being a community convention as opposed to being put on by the developer, where like yeah. you know that any discussion of the game is going to devolve into like, well, what's coming next? What's the next thing? And it's a community convention, so they're not going to have any ability to actually share any of that. Even if like mm -hmm. someone like DJ is there, he doesn't have the ability to share any of that content in like an open yeah. space like that. So I think it's smart oh, yeah. to not make like discussion of the game a part of the convention yeah we did and we did we did you know we were all excited about private matches right and then uh no but i got you know and so i, I if i mention because we we won't get to move on to another topic right I, i could talk about it for hours but you know lady desiree ravier uh the legendary Latman. um i'm missing so many people a bit too lethal um so many people so many people that i got to talk to and just have a few words with uh the prying panda um the prying panda is, is funny because he was a growing streamer and i got to see him at the after party um once the con convention was over there was an after party organized at the one of the bars in uh, in downtown tampa and uh that was cool Where you know like put down your get to, guns get to see and a little bit more uh, new people put down your guns and take <laughs> your beers and you know um fallout fallout plays was super cool he's from new york so i you know there are people that i might see outside of tampa and maybe in new york uh far cognition as well who is the big is the big uh, tournament organizer of um of the you know the, the, the so far the destiny tournaments that have been organized and legit have been organized by him um I'm missing so many people, man. It's I need to do a, like an article and like post to post the uh, the, um, the uh, post the galleries and everything. 
you know, I hear yeah. you naming all these people, and I know that you've been spending a lot of time trying to get your uh, Twitch streaming of Destiny sort of up and running and, and make that a more mm-hmm. regular thing and put your name out there. Did you get any opportunity to do that? I think there's probably like something interesting about attending a conference in like that sort of like shameless self-promotion where you can actually sort of like get your name out there a little a little more. And do you, do you expect to go back to your stream when you get home and like maybe have a few new followers and a few new like viewers? I I would hope so. It would be fun, you know, and I expect also to check more streams. I expect to be more involved. I don't, you can check my Twitter feed. I don't remember tweeting that much in 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was an intense, an intense interaction all day. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, like we stayed up late and we just got to hang out and even I went to a house and people were like chilling, playing destiny and, and, you know, wrapping up the day, of course, by playing a few games of destiny. Um, but yeah, I wrap it up, but like Tefty Teft also, I, I can't forget that guy. Super, super cool guy. Um, he streams, he does YouTube, he does a podcast every week, uh, for the planet destiny, um, website. Uh, he's the guy with the beard and 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 the, and the low voice, um, and he's he's really cool. And his wife also was was here. Um, like super cool people to just like get to interact with when you when you see them on screen and you're like I'm far from them, but now you're like they're right here. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds so, really great. Like I said, I, I was a little bit like skeptical of it being a community convention as opposed to being something put on by Bungie, but it sounds like that added way more than it, it took away from the convention. That's really And it's neat. interesting mm-hmm. to see Destiny continue to do stuff from a community angle that like seemingly is there is there an official Destiny convention? No. It's interesting. No, 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 no. That was that was totally, you know, totally um I don't think it's um Bungie or any like even if the game like gathers still a lot of people um, they will do they will do announcement they will do stuff like that but it's not like you have a BlizzCon that is about so many games and about exactly. so much you know so much yeah. stuff around it uh, this is just one game that's what I told like many people and when I get to Tampa I was like I'm going to a convention about with three thousand people and it's about one game um, so we'll see how that goes I was anxious at first as well I was like well, let's see how how reachable those people are uh, let's see how cool those people are I was you know obviously positive about having a lot of fun otherwise i would not book my plane ticket but um and then on the last day of the convention yeah, even you know outside from of the, the sky paul mccartney we'll be together sharing the load. he went there's hope for the paul future McCartney. Oh. <laughs> hey there Oh, come on, we can do better than that. We can do way better than that. The old play video games. We've got a bunch of video (laughs) games when we were in the Beatles. It's a game that takes place in space. It's like asteroids. It's an asteroids game you're all playing. Mind the song for asteroids (laughs) 2. Asteroids (laughs) Anyway, I am going next year again, for sure. Cool. Really positive. Uh, It was my first video game convention as well. I should mention that. Um... I've never been to any, and I think it, it was the case for a lot of people that I got to talk hey, to. Hey, maybe and, if there's enough listeners by next year, we can, uh, well, all three of us could go. We'll do a podcast from Destiny Gun. I mean, the goal is to have a booth, man. The goal is to be part of that podcast panel and get to talk about it. And I mean, they, 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 they have, like, we're not Destiny-focused, so, but we will definitely, we should definitely uh, 
Uh, I can pretend question, to be. The question, though, is, is it going... Another, not a community... Is it going to be in together? Tampa for it again? That's the, <laughs> the, the, the real question. There, 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 it's probably, it probably will. Probably will. If you, if you consider that the same people organize it, you know, they might just want to do it in their town. And there's a lot of streamers around Destiny, a lot of content creators in Tampa. Uh, a lot of people just drew, drove from, from, you know, around, around the state. Um, some people came from New Zealand, though. So you have people from Europe. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was intense. Yeah, one of the streamers, Lori Pops, uh, I was worried about her. I saw her meet and greet, and she was like, you landed yesterday. You're not that jet lag. She was like, you know, we're just on a roll right here. Like, we're excited to meet everybody. I, I don't feel the... I don't feel exhausted, but I probably will after. And she flew in from from My New God. Zealand, and uh, and it's that's just like commitment. <laughs> that's, that's like, like two days that's on a plane, right there. Like that's commitment. Yeah, four planes she took. I think she said. Mm. Oh my Oof. God, I can't. I just can't. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, DestinyCon organizers, if you're listening, two really great places uh, to set up the next DestinyCon is uh, Sunnyvale, California, and New York, New York. Consider <laughs> consider those locations. I'm just saying they're available. Yeah, it's considerate. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I wanted to spend most of our time talking about the Destiny Con stuff because it was uh, exciting and there was a. It, I mean, it's a community-led thing, and I, I love all that. But uh, I figure we could also spend a little bit of time because uh, this past week or the past couple weeks, um, the much beloved by Xbox fans across the world inside was announced for ps4 and all the xbox fans went oh okay that's great <laughs> and um and it seemed like of uh, you know of many of the highest rated games this past year that um seemingly xbox had lost it's one of its most valuable exclusives right and likewise just this past week the Witness, which was very early in the year, but um, obsessed about by PlayStation 4 owners. In fact, Jonathan Blow, the creator, said, I'm putting this on Sony's console. I don't care about Microsoft anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Was announced <laughs> for Xbox. And so I'm wondering here, you guys don't have Xboxes, but you do have PlayStations. I don't know if your reaction was, ah, that's great, I guess. Well, so I, I don't... I don't have a problem with a, a game moving from the console that I'm on to another console. Uh, and honestly, like as long as I didn't go out and purchase an Xbox for inside, I don't have a problem with inside coming to PS4, obviously like, yeah. I'd love to play that game. Um, but I think that that that's the scenario where you're going to run into some like really buttered people is like if they purchased that Xbox just for that game, which like, I don't think I could ever do. I don't think I could ever purchase a console for the, the sake of playing right. one game. But I think that that definitely are people who do, and they might be feeling a little betrayed when, when well, that and happens. I was kind of, I was kind of headed in that direction, which is, yes, I think my general advice for everyone is don't purchase any console for one game. You know, if that's your if that's your purchasing decision, that's like in every single election, all the undecided voters until the day before the election. Like, this is madness. That's not how your brain should work. Um, you know, these consoles cost hundreds of dollars, and with games and live subscriptions and all this stuff, uh, hundreds more, uh, and controllers and, you know, peripherals and all this stuff. So, um yeah, but I want to have a conversation about exclusivity with you guys because we just got through an E3, you know, this past year, this past summer even, 
where a lot of things had big title cards in front of them going, PlayStation exclusive. And a lot of times we've found out now in the past year that exclusive has a very not not exactly uh, rock-solid meaning, does it? It's kind of foggy what exclusive means. It could mean exclusive for a little bit, which is called a timed exclusive. It could mean console exclusive this is the case often for um for microsoft but this just happened in no man's sky right playstation 4 exclusive no man's sky is also on pc um and yeah yeah if you enjoy your frame rates being in the gutter (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's uh, obviously not the intent and so i guess i i just like wanted to talk to you guys let's start with like are there exclusive games uh, to any platforms, PC, PS4, um, Xbox, even even Nintendo stuff that... I mean, Nintendo obviously has probably the largest section of exclusives because they're basically the only people that'll make games <laughs> for their console. Um, what are some of your favorite exclusives? So I, I think the first one that I have to highlight is one that I actually cannot play anymore because when it came to this generation of consoles, I went the Sony route, but Halo. Um, and that is a game that almost made the decision when it came to this generation in the Xbox yeah. direction. And like that game was so, yeah. so that game franchise has been so like influential on me in terms of like my experience with video games that one single game at that point in time was almost able to make my decision. Sure. Now by by no means would I go out and buy a console just for that game, but if I am already in the position where I'm going to be buying a next gen console, a game can certainly have that influence. Um, and at this point, that is a that is a, a title that is owned by Microsoft. Yeah, right? so I mean, some of so the... So at this point, like seeing that make its way to, to Sony, I, I, I don't see that happening necessarily. Um, but Halo is well, definitely Halo is the a, number one for me. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Halo in the first place because Halo is, is kind of like the, not the exception, but it's the extreme, um, it's, it's the extreme case. It's, it's the only game where... It would remove a little bit of flavor to it if I see it being on with that blue, uh, you know, with that blue header <laughs> yeah. on that PS4. Yeah, you know, it's like you box, associate Halo it's with like, that like neon green for sure. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I see on, green on, and I see Halo. Didn't didn't you do that? Didn't, didn't you get an Xbox just for Halo Five? Oh yeah, no, with me. And then I mean, you ended they, up, they, and then you ended up trading it out, right? Well, he was done with yeah. Halo. They made money on my head. Yeah, <laughs> but the con, the, the I, 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 when I was done with Halo, it was it was a console that was Halo themed, so you could only play <laughs> Halo on it. And so I was like, I didn't play Halo that much. I was like, I'm just gonna sell it. I didn't lose that much money on it. I was able to sell it for for fair trade. But um, but no, indeed, it's, it's it's one of the it's one of those that um, really get to. Um, get to get get on a little extreme level. Uh, it's interesting. I, yesterday I was therefore talking to Luke Smith, you know, the creative director, and one guy was asking him, was like, so you know, all those things you do. Destiny has a contract with Activision and and PlayStation. Um, yeah. I mean, Activision like like setting a contract with PlayStation on um, having some content exclusively released um, to 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 um, to the PlayStation to the PS4. Well, that's like a whole nother level of it when you start releasing specific pieces of content on a platform. Right. Like that game is right. exclusive to any platform, but there are certain guns and gear that you can get only on PlayStation. Right. 
And it's time, you know, and it's time uh, exclusive, timely exclusive. The problem is that they don't mention the time. So uh, some some maps right. and uh, some maps and, and and weapons that were exclusive uh, to PS4 in the first year, uh, to PlayStation in the first year, got available to Xbox in the second year. Now we're we're gonna turn into the third year, and um, it turns out the, the 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 weapons and maps that are still exclusive right now, won't, won't go to Xbox. So a lot of people are frustrated. We're like just expecting it to be a, a one-year exclusive, but nothing in a contract, if you read the terms and conditions, or I don't know when you can find it, but um, nothing specifies that it's just a, a year contract. It's just like indefinite exclusive until like it expires at some point when, when Activision decides to, you know, um, wave the flag and be like, okay, you know, unleash the crack and everything, everybody gets everything. Well, before we, before we go too far in that sort of direction, I don't think we got kind of past that first question. <laughs> Sorts of like, are, are there exclusives, Yannick, for you that are like, I need to have console X because of the, it sounds like Halo was kind of it for you as well. Well, I mean, Halo was it. Um, and yeah. um, for a long time, when I was young, I was frustrated. I mean, playing Xbox, I was yeah. frustrated not having, not being able to play Gran Turismo. Um, but then I was very happy to have Forza Motorsport. So it became that battle between those two, and uh, and I just became a Forza fan because I had an Xbox. Well, based on how they've handled that franchise in the past few years, I don't know if you would have stayed a Gran Turismo fan. Uh, Forza has been just absolutely crushing it. I'm mentioning the, the, the Gran Turismo back when it was on PS2, right? Or something like that. Gran um, Turismo 3, right? Oh, so good. That that was one that I was, uh, it was itchy to like get the get the get the console for that. So then, so then, Ryan, we got to ask you now. You are a owner of many consoles, so I don't know that this uh, the concept of exclusivity necessarily affects you as much. But are there any exclusive <laughs> games that like you've well, yeah. gotten super hyped yeah, yeah. about? Well, it totally does. I think because um, I I buy these things for similar reasons to other people. Like I own my Xbox because I want to play halo i want to play which actually this is the first time that halo's really gotten me i've bought halos in the past but haven't really loved the series until just this past um couple iterations and forza i've become a huge forza fan now they have both motorsport which is their sim racer like gran turismo and they have horizon which is almost their need for speed open world um racer which is just really great and that's coming out this year um although now microsoft in a lot of their games most of their games i think their first party games anyway they're gonna do pc releases alongside them and i have a pc so it i can see when people say well why would you buy an xbox um but that's another thing. So yeah, Forza, Halo, uh, Gears of War is huge for me. I've always co-opted. Oh, I forgot yeah, about Gears of War. I've always co-opted Gears of yeah. War with my brothers, and it's kind of like a, a tradition, I guess, of sorts, of the uh, fall, uh, Christmas time Gears of War co-op. Um, did any we? None of us listed PlayStation exclusives. You did say Gran Turismo. I did say Gran Turismo. When I was having my Xbox, so I'm kind of like I'm gonna relate to back when I just had an Xbox and not a PS4, which is and now I just have a PS4, so I gotta I gotta think about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, the Infamous series is good on on PS4. I think uh, uh, God of War, um, not just PS4, but PlayStation. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot was back in the day. That was a nice exclusive. But I I think you actually sort of like touched on a point there. When I think of exclusives, that is a much more of a Microsoft 
like uh, approach, yeah. then I think I, I think mm-hmm. of, I'm sure there's if you were to pull up the numbers, I'm sure it's probably pretty even in terms of how many exclusives yeah. each of the platform has. But I like maybe it's just because the exclusives that Microsoft have had have been the halos and the ones that are just like impossible to right. ignore. Whereas on the Sony side of things, like, yeah, God of War is like a great franchise, but I don't know that I would necessarily put it up at the same echelon that I hold And it's Halo funny, up. Microsoft has developed a habit of sort of, mm. uh, like, Bungie made Halo, right? Bungie did, was not owned by Microsoft and for all intents and purposes not not um, affiliated with Microsoft. And once they Microsoft knew they had this cultural event on their hands, they bought it. Same thing with uh, Gears of War. Um, they made a studio just to make Gears of War games uh, after Epic said, we don't really want to make Gears of War anymore. And Microsoft was like, no, we need that forever. Uh, so, um, yeah, Microsoft does have, have a habit of uh, sort of purchasing first-party IP and then um, sort of making it its own. What, so what Yannick was saying about people being upset about certain content in Destiny not making its way to yeah. the Xbox even though like nowhere in the fine print did it say that it ever would is I'm sort of curious with these games, like at the time that they were declared to be exclusive, somebody obviously asked the question of like, will it always be exclusive? And like, what was their answer to that question at the time of release? And it's like, I generally have an issue with exclusivity. Like I, as a consumer, I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. Obviously yeah. I understand why platforms do it. Um, but I think if you at least like manage the expectations of like how long something's going to be exclusive and like even like further than that, when it will be not exclusive, like what, like what is the actual date where that exclusivity lifts? Um, like if you manage those expectations, you're at least doing a better job than just kind of like that vague, like exclusive and it, it could, I guess, be not exclusive at some point, but I don't really know. And I'm definitely not going to give you any right. sort of timeline on that. This happened most recently with Tomb Raider. Yeah. If you give some sort of timeline and then you, you've been mentioning uh, the witness, right? But uh, I mean, and, and, there, and those indie games, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if like compared to AAA games, indie games like The Witness or Journey or um, I'm forgetting the other one. Is it Firewatch? Am I, am I saying uh, it right? Firewatch, um, yeah. Or, yeah, or Ori uh, mm-hmm. on Xbox. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I really don't want to believe that they have a huge impact on a console selling, you know, sales. Yeah. Well, that also just um, blows my mind that an indie game can be exclusive. Like in the yeah. traditional concept of what makes a game indie, and like the the general like financial position that an indie yeah. game developer is usually in, like minus the Jonathan Blows of the world. Like the concept of me like making a game on my own without the support of a big publisher behind me, and then deciding I only want to put it on a single console, like obviously. Obviously, there's a financial incentive there. Like Sony is paying them a significant amount of money to like, uh, or like to 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 only put it on one console. But that just is yeah. a confusing concept to me of an indie developer restricting their yeah. game to one. place. Well, I mean, it's a it's all. It I think confusing. there's some part of that decision that's about risk adversity, right? Like if Sony yep. or Microsoft is mm-hmm. going to guarantee you cash, and a lot of times it's for timed exclusivity, not even necessarily full exclusivity, as we've we've seen. Like, but do they communicate that? To like the consumers? No, I mean, they don't, no. Well, the problem is, like, that's what I was, I was, I was like, mentioning. I wanted to mention, if, they, if it's timed, uh, part of the business, you know, part of the purpose is if you, if you give it time, people are like, oh, it's fine, right. I'll wait. <laughs> if you don't give it time, they'd be like, you know, it's, oh, I can wait a year. And even if it's a year or two years or five years, there's going to be people be like, okay, well, I'm going to play it when it comes out on PS4. Yeah, but then as a consumer, um, I get to make that decision. Like, I, I think by giving yeah. me, like... Uh, like a, a one-year buffer of like, well, it'll probably be like you know onto other platforms a year from now. Like then I get to weigh the importance of the next year of me like playing that game. And I think you would probably have a lot of consumers who would say, you know what, I can't wait a year. I need that thing right now. Yeah, I think so too. 
Um, but I, I think they they probably see the benefit of someone going, well, I, I literally don't know when it's coming, so I better get mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but then they have to deal with the backlash of, like, I buy that game on that other console, and then a week later it gets released for the, the console. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well... On the on on that side, they're kind of like, well, I got the I got your money in the right. meantime, yeah, <laughs> because the because it, it's 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 what I've been you know it, at least for AAA games, and I don't I, we don't hear we, we as much as we we talk and love video games, we don't know what it takes to make a game. I mean, I personally don't know, so maybe for the indie games, it's like also maybe a technical decision. But when I talked yesterday to Luke Smith, he was like, that's a really good point. You know, he was like, if yesterday Luke Smith, he was like, I'm the creative director. I don't to answer that guy he was like I don't make decisions if you know I make weapons and I make maps if you ask me I would want to have everybody play on it you know and yeah. I even mentioned to him I even pushed it a little bit further I was like you would even give everything for free right cuz like you love what you do you want people to play it right it's like well I got to make a living I was like no but like in all you know of course in all common sense so you you get, we got to pay for that but um like if you ask the developers and the people that make the game and love it like that, that beautiful weapon that they made in this game. Yeah, that's like, tough. Why not to everybody? And then that's not really I mean, as, their as, call. And it- as creators of product, that's like soul crushing. Like, j- if if mm-hmm. I was making something and I was really passionate about it, and I was putting like all of my creative energy into it, and then you told me that like the number of people who could use it or experience it was restricted to a platform that like they had to make a decision on buying, like that. Yeah. That, yeah, that's just crushing for the person who's creating mm-hmm. that content. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and then and, and, yeah, like, so for the indie games to come back to that, um, I'm happy to see Inside coming, um, and, 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 and I'm happy to, but I would like the, you know, Xbox to experience Journey as well, right? Because, like, it's, you're not gonna buy a console for Journey, but everybody should play that game. Um, and so maybe there's, like, not really a business decision here. It's just, like, a technical thing for someone that with a small team would, would you know, make that game. Um, same thing goes along with No Man's Sky. I, I, it's like I'm sure PlayStation put some money on it, but you've seen them releasing on PC and have a few issues with the PC release a few days after the the, the PlayStation yeah. release. Um, it's it's like double the trouble if you if you have two platforms and triple the trouble if you have like three of them. I'm assuming, I guess. I'm that, not yeah, that was sure. also very confusing to me. Like it's one thing if you're going to put it on two platforms and release the two like a year from each other, but to do it like four days after you release, uh, yeah. that's just petty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, man, it's, it's tough there. for me because I think like there's, I, I'll bring up two points here, which is number one, I think the P where we like all three of us either have, or we're like planning to build a PC uh, at this point. But I think the community around PC gaming is absolutely a garbage truck on fire. And what I mean by that is these are the people that are organized and taking to forums and Reddit and screaming on Twitter. Firewatch, for example, when it came out on PlayStation and PC, it ran fine on everybody's souped-up PC, but it had frame rate hitches and stuff on, on PlayStation 4. And I played it on PlayStation 4 with frame rate hitches, and I still loved it. Um, and that was before they patched it. I don't know if they, they got it any better by the time you ended up playing it. No, like, no, it still has those issues, but like until you said that, when I think of that game, my brain doesn't even remotely go towards any of the frame rate lag that I experienced. Totally. It goes towards, like, wow, that game was incredible. I had an incredible experience. And so like, I, mean, yeah, I can see where you're going with this, but yeah, the, like, the absolute like rage, frustration, bitching about like 
tiny little frame rate issues and whatnot is definitely a PC community. It's absolutely. Thing to do. I mean, like, I get it that people shelled out $600 for a NVIDIA graphics card that they put in and they expect everything to run perfect and fast all the time. And if it doesn't, I'm so mad. Why did I spend $600? But like, dude, that's your problem. I got to check that anti-aliasing box again. <laughs> right. And like, people are mad. Like, why can't I crank up the draw distance in No Man's Sky or something? Like, guy, like, it's just a game. Like, just play the game. And don't worry so much about always having the best stuff. Um, but, like, what I was saying about that is, like, yeah, you didn't hear a bunch of people complaining about the PlayStation 4 version because console players are like, okay, like, 30 frames a second is fine. Like, occasionally dipping to 24 is also fine. Um, movies run in 24 frames a second. I've never seen anyone go like, I wish this movie had more frames. But to, but to tie it back to like the exclusive concept, I think like what you're trying to get at is, so in, in No Man's Sky's uh, scenario, you had a game that was released on the PS4 and then several days later it was released for the PC. And in those like four days before it was released on the PC, you had PC gamers absolutely losing their minds. Yes. And like, what's funny is like, if that game wasn't even going to be released on PC, you wouldn't really have heard all, a whole bunch about it. But it's the fact that they knew it was coming four days down the road. But if you like turn the around and flip it, and if that was released on the PC, and then four days later released on the PS4, do you think the PlayStation no. community would be having like the same reaction? Not even close. No. Mm-hmm. Right? They'd, They'd be, be like, like, "Oh, I can't wait Friday, for this game to come out in four days." Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, like I would almost see it as a positive. It's like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to experience some like server issues when that PC game releases and then patch it by the time that I pick it up for PS4. Right, totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, moreover, now here's this is probably more unique to me, and I wish Sandy was here this week to kind of be on my side about this. But while I I agree with you about how dirty uh, exclusives feel generally, um, we a just talked about a little bit earlier that like Microsoft feels like Halo. At this point, you know, and I don't know what an Xbox is without Halo other than just like a not as good PS4. And when I say not as good, I I mean not as powerful, not like just different. Um, And I think that a lot of gamers like sized it up that way in this generation. But I have to go and look at like Nintendo NX is coming out next year. And really what makes a Nintendo console is all the Nintendo games. So, like, some people are like, Nintendo should just put their stuff on everything. But I, I honestly don't know if they should. That's the only reason to ever buy a Nintendo console. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's the only thing they have going for them right now is that they keep their IP exclusive to their consoles. Right. But sadly, and, it and also means that, like, there are people like, um, maybe like you, Dave, I don't know your history with it, Davis, but, like, Yannick, you said you didn't really grow up as a, a Nintendo kid, right? You were kind of a PlayStation kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, th- yeah, definitely the same thing for me. An Xbox. And, yeah, an Xbox. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, there's a generation of people now that, like, don't know some of the best games made. And forget about some of the best games made. Some of the best games in some genres that simply aren't really being made on Xbox and PlayStation. Like... A really good character platformer. Nobody does it better than Nintendo, and nobody's playing them because the only way you can do it is on an overpriced Wii U that was a failure. You know. Well, and to go even like more like granular in the other direction from like the the concept of games that we haven't heard of is like characters. Like there are iconic video game characters that expand across franchises in the Nintendo universe. That like if you were not a Nintendo kid, you haven't really touched. Like obviously the Mario's of the world are going to transcend that. We're all going to know who Mario yeah. is, but. I, I think that like 
Nintendo does themselves a disservice by staying in that hardware game and like restricting these iconic franchises from from people to the point where now at, at the age of 27 where I could be totally invested in these characters, these stories and these games and these franchises. I'm, I'm not right. And you can see kind of the damage of exclusivity in that scenario of, uh, you know, we've talked about this uh, before you and I, Davis, which is like now the generation of kids in this world are Minecraft kids, not Mario kids. And yeah. that's because the only way to play Mario is kind of not feasible if you're a parent and you're looking at like what's going to have the most games, what's going to, what what system is my kid asking for? Like Minecraft's on everything. Yeah, Minecraft is like, exactly, it's on the other end of the spectrum. It's on everything and it runs on everything. Like it is, you know, because of the way that it's built and, and, and its graphics intensity or the lack, lack thereof, like, you know, like freaking phone can run Minecraft. Yeah, and well. <laughs> and it runs yeah. it really well right so it's almost like you want to like fast forward a little bit and and see where those minecraft kids are and like how invested in the minecraft franchise they are but as you pointed out to me yesterday sure enough who owns that franchise microsoft now very interesting microsoft my, my i love how we're not like how we're like really not mentioning the the exception or like the the elephant in the room which is nintendo where that's all that's how we've always known them doing exclusive exclusivity and like having their own realm their own yeah. world god uh, i just want them to get out of the business and start giving me with, you know. games <laughs> on my ps4 i just like i yeah, agree with, like, with you but i don't good, know if uh, mario feels as special on playstation as it does on a nintendo con- i mean that that's probably more but is that just because you're like you're a nostalgic nintendo kid yeah. or like is there a generation of minecraft kids who would love to play those games on their ps4 or their pc yeah, I. It's interesting to say. Like I, God, I would I would give that company so much money right now if they would release their IP for the console and the platforms that I own. Yeah, I th- I think in proof of that was Pokemon Go, right? Like, if yeah. you enable anyone with a phone to have Pokemon, everyone downloaded it. Now you can argue because of the mechanics of the game and the shallowness and sort of the novelty of it, it wore out very quickly and bled users immediately. But that was a user test case as to how many people are still interested in Nintendo IP. And though we could talk about how Pokemon technically isn't owned by Nintendo another time. But, uh, yeah. but like you, you could port Pokemon Red and Blue to my PS4 and put it in the store for 20 bucks right now and I would go buy it immediately. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And that's not like necessarily like a, a nostalgia thing. I think like that that game I want to play because I want to play that game, not because I remember what that game was like when I was playing it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right, guys. Well, we're coming up to, uh, to sure. the end of it uh, this week. And uh, before we do, I want to tell everybody, like we always do, you can listen to every episode of the show for free over at pixelsweekly.com. You can follow us at PixelsCast, and hey, leaving us a review is the nicest thing. A little review, which is good. I, I wanted to, I wanted, it's a, it's, I've always wanted, I, I just wanted to finish this episode by also mentioning uh, from the community con, all those, uh, and I wanted to like conclude the show with that, and I hope, I hope, I, I'm getting in touch with, with some people from the St. Jude uh, Children Research Hospital, yes. who, um, the, the community and the stream that was happening, a seven-day charity stream that was happening before this event I went to yesterday, um, concluded, and um, they, they were streaming the event as well, people could donate, you know, throughout the entire weekend as well. 
I mean, you can still donate. But overall, this event plus the charity stream has uh, raised uh, five. I have the check in a picture on the Twitter. On the tweet, oh, I, I thought you meant me. you had uh, the they check. Raised... I was like, why do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's a big check, and it's it's a, you know they said if they do charity, they want the big check. You know, the one you yeah. show on stage. Oh, you got <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, they wrapped it's up. It's like the, Happy Gilmore. I want right? to be paid in the big check. Yeah. And I want to wrap up the show um, the same way they wrap up the event yesterday by like mentioning the check and they, the fact that they raised five hundred thirty-two thousand crazy and one one hundred ninety-five dollars and eighty-four cents wow. um, from this like last seven. Yeah, that's days. That's incredible. I, I can't believe I can't believe we've got we got to like talk about that in more in depth earlier. I think maybe you guys should even like bring that up in, a, in another episode. I think that's like a, a really incredible validation of twitch and streaming and yeah. like holy crap five hundred thousand dollars that's a lot it is uh it is something that i would i would really love uh, in future episode we'll try to make that happen to have a someone from saint jude coming on the show and 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 they do more stuff and and video game events uh go to, i mean contact them more they tend to it's very new to them uh but it's been very successful uh, i think this fundraising has been the biggest of like any video gaming event ever um, the the last the last one on record was two hundred fifty thousand dollars from I don't remember from where but that's what I've been hearing this weekend because it uh, doesn't matter because we just doubled it and all that goes to you know um, kids with cancer and and threatening uh, you know threaten um, life threatening disease threatening life so? disease uh, yeah life life threatening disease if I can put words in, <laughs> in the right order so you know you it's all been it's all you been you know that, nobody that phrase in French. The maladies à risque. Oh. I think the ma- the maladies oh, so à risque. Romantic. God, some like risk illness. I just, I you I just be kissing me right, right now? now. This is amazing. <laughs> just be <because laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Already? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Already? Oh, actually. So I uh, on more on that front. Uh, not, I don't want to. Uh, Stop you're talking about what, what that incredible feat, but um, I learned about a fantastic uh, French translation of, I guess, like what's already a French translation that we refer to things as bougie, right? Yeah, that's, like a, that's originally coming from a French word. Yeah, so I, but I learned most recently there's a mm-hmm. more proper French translation these days for what that actually means in English, which is bobo. Can you comment on bobo for a second there, Yannick? Well, bobo is, um, we use bobo the same way we use hipster in America. That's like what I if you have hipsters, like, yeah, it's like hipsters, hipsters in Brooklyn, right? you have, yeah. yeah, if you have uh, hipsters in Brooklyn, you will have bobo in Paris. Uh, you know, the, 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 the one with the longchamp, you know, yeah. um, purse and then smoking a cigarette by a bistro in, uh, in the 10th district, <laughs> you know, très, très bobo. going out. And then, you know, just not, I don't need to shower today, you know, but it's, it's okay. No, right, you know, I'm just drinking rosé all day, kind of you know, good. I'm giving a poor definition. I'm mixing all the, all the people together. Like, no, that's you know, perfect. <laughs> that's, what from, that's, what people from that's what a hipster is. That's what a hipster is these days anyways. It's just a mixture of everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. But Bobo is that. Bobo is that. Um, they don't, they don't, I mean, they say hipster now because like the American culture is so like goes, spreads worldwide. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's what it is. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I think that does it for us. Uh, and until next time. Au revoir. Later. Thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed being here. <laughs> Damn it, that's too long. <laughs> There's no helloa. There's no helloa. <laughs> later. No, I like that could later. be good for him. That could be, that could be a that's thing, good. Davis. Later, later skater. Later, dudes. <laughs> later, dudes. And we'll see you next week.